0: Guys, the format of the show is quite simple. We are the Greatness Machine, and we're all about bringing greatness in the world in the form of wonderful, amazing guests who are living their passions to create greatness. And today, we have the one and only Monique Rhodes. A couple housekeeping items, and then I want to get into a little bio, and then we're going to get into some action. We have a world-traveled songwriter, singer, performer in Monique. And that's not even why I even asked you on the show. I just, by chance, found out you did that in your former life. But we do have a very special guest with us today. I love her so much. We got to spend an entire year doing an integral leadership program together, got to know each other. And uh, you're an entrepreneur, CEO, teacher, mindfulness expert, musician, singer, songwriter, and all around New Zealand badass.
1: My yes. first.
0: Thank you for being here. I'm so happy.
1: Such my pleasure, Darius. So, um,
0: you know, I like to start the show all sorts of ways. I always like to do the little karaoke thing because of the, the, the restream. But I thought, you know, we could do a yoga laugh together if you want to do to kind of get, get the
1: action. If you, I mean, if you're happy to teach me the yoga laugh, I'll do it with you.
0: Wait, wait, wait. wait you, you mean to tell me, you being a mindfulness expert and all, that you don't know what a yoga laugh is?
1: It's a little bit like saying that someone from Holland can speak French.
0: <laughs> oh, but, but you know, they're both, they're both in Europe.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
0: <laughs> all right. All right. So this is how it goes. Um, I, I do this actually, I'm, I'm in a couple CEO groups and, and I have a, I have an accountability partner and every day we do this. So what a yoga laugh is, is, is a forced laugh. Okay. And I can only save it for my most special guests. So save <laughs>
1: okay. here. I'm such an easy laugher that a forced laugh will be interesting for me to even. Uh, it may not even be forced by the time we do it, Darius. It,
0: it's, that's how it goes. So, so here's how we'll start. I'll show you one, and then on the count of three, after I do the one, we'll do three together.
1: Is it a trick? Are you do are you tricking me? No, 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 no. This is all nice. right. All
0: right. So okay. I'll show you one. So this is one, and then we're gonna do three of these together. So you just watch me. All right. Re- you ready? just kick yep. on do one so here's one yoga laugh <laughs> that's one okay all right we're gonna excellent you laugh as hard as you can three of all them. right ready one yeah. two three <laughs> <laughs>
1: Darius, I think you should change the name to it, to a Muppet Yoga Laugh, because when you laugh into the screen like that, you are fully yoga Muppeting it. Yeah.
0: I'm totally like, like Fozzie Bear. Um, (laughs)
1: Yes, you are.
0: (laughs) um, So I love doing that. I get, I get kind of high when I do that. Like, so, so let me ask you, yeah, it always feels so good. Um. So let me ask you a question, man. How are you back? What's, what's new? Yeah,
1: I've, I've been great. Like it's really good. Like there's a mixture of, you know, stuff here, uh, with the COVID. But I think all in all, I'm going to look back on it is a really um, positive time. I like the slowing down. I have fantasies sometimes about being back in New Zealand in the seventies. And right now I feel like I'm in back in New Zealand in the seventies. Things are slow. I'm doing a lot of internal work. I'm doing a lot of teaching and I think that I'm seeing a lot of progress in the people that I I teach. And yeah, I, th- I think in a lot of ways, as long as you have the ability to, uh, you know, keep going and you don't have all of the financial fears that a lot of people do, mm-hmm. if you're able to, you know, put those, you know, if if you don't have those, I really want to acknowledge how huge they are then there's a real opportunity right now to, to grow and to uh, take quite a big evaluation of your life and see what's important, see where you're at, see what you're focusing on.
0: Yeah, that's, that's so true. And, and to your point, not to make light of the financial situation, because there's, there's a lot of people that are getting affected by this. But... Yeah. But you know that if you're being affected by it, you're gonna to have to deal with it, right? And if and if you're not, then you're lucky. And 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 then then there's the, that's the entire Maslow's hierarchy, right? Like you aren't worried about survival. But let's worry about success, and let's maybe take stock of where are we and what are we what are we really trying to accomplish and what are we really trying to what, like what are we really trying to do here, right? And so when you slow yeah. down, you get. I, I think the cool thing is you get a lot of space for that which is scary.
1: (laughs) Because also because we're, that's interesting, because also for you it's scary. For me it's like, I love it. And I think we're discombobulated most of the time. We're like dissolved into so many different directions, expectations. I have to do this, I have to do that. If I don't take this opportunity up, am I going to miss out? And and so we lose our connection with our, our inner self really. And I think over this time a lot of people are, Uh, Are starting to be a lot more connected with themselves, and it's a way more powerful place to come from.
0: Yeah, no, you know, you know, why I said it's scary. Um, That kind of just fell out of my mouth, but um, it's it's. I totally agree with you that it's this really powerful place to come from. But I think, and I think for some people, that's like this empowering moment, and for other people, they're like, "Dude, I've been like hiding from that," you know.
1: Of course, most people are hiding from it.
0: Yeah. That's
1: think- a whole thing that we do in the world is we're we're so busy running away from ourselves because we're afraid of it. Because we live in a consumeristic society that's constantly trying to grab our attention. That's the nature of it. So when we when all that attention is a little bit more on us, then yeah, for loads of people it's super scary. Particularly if you're living by yourself, it can be even more challenging.
0: Yeah. So, so when you're working with all these different people, what, when you said you're seeing a lot of like progress and great change happening, like, like, how do you, like when I, when I hear you say that, I think that, you know, usually there's pain that creates that, right. There's usually like stress that, you know, they say like the best wine, you know, the, the most stressful grapes or whatever, have the best wine or whatever. Right. Um, and so the stress on the vine creates the best wine. That's what it is. Sorry. Um, and so like, what are you seeing? Like you're seeing that, okay, there's this moment where there's stress and people are looking and there, there's this inward moment of reflection. And then you're, you obviously have an amazing talent of, of teaching and around mindfulness and meditation and all these different areas. What, what are you seeing? Like what, how are people leveraging this time to take maybe those tools or working with someone like you as a teacher your business and 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 moving forward with that
1: i think one of the first things darius is that people's uh survival on a physical level has been threatened you know like the fear particularly at the beginning the fear of actually dying from this is was very very uh felt right at the beginning of the COVID happening so that's the first thing my goodness am i going to die how many people are going to die what's going to happen so that's the first stress and then because people have been confined the next stress is the confinement so then it's like okay if i'm not filling my day with all of those things of going to work and all of those people and mm-hmm. then then what is it that i'm what it what is it what what am i left with and from that comes real creativity you know come from that place of not being taken off in a whole bunch of different directions comes that Ability to actually think maybe a little bit more about what life was like when they were kids, maybe to do inward work because there's nowhere else to go. There's only so much Netflix that you can watch, and to actually look and see, okay, you know, there's a whole bunch of things that I used to do that I'm not missing. That's been a big realization for people. But also, there's a whole bunch of things that. I used to do that, don't serve me, but I thought that they did. Mm -hmm. And I think that what I've seen from my students is that the, the slowing down has been really beneficial. They're much more grateful for the simpler things, they're grateful for their health, and also they're much more connected with people in their lives. So they're putting time and energy into maybe people that they haven't put time and energy into or putting more time and energy into the people that they love because all of a sudden, they're seeing the uh, the finiteness of things and, and also understanding that things aren't permanent. You know, things shift and change all the time and and, and that it's important to understand that.
0: Yeah, it's so interesting. I mean, I I, I, re- I relate to everything that you're saying. I'm like, yep, check, check, uh-huh, did that, mm-hmm, yep. Yeah. All, right, all that and then some. Um, I, I was thinking while you were saying that, I started thinking about if you have this, you know, Was seven billion people on Earth? Is that the right number? Right. So if you have seven billion people feeling this way, right? Like, and obviously there's varying degrees of fear and there's varying degrees of introspection, but but overall, this is a collective conscious feeling, right? And and so what comes out of that (laughs) when things do resume? Like, how does the world not change permanently from that? I can't see. I can't see it just going back to the way it was.
1: Yeah, I, I think that that's one of the things that I've talked a lot about in you know my podcast and that is to really take note of what is it that you've seen because a time will come when you will have forgotten. But you know, if we think about people who lived like my parents, particularly my mother, was uh, you know born at the end of the depression, and you know she hoards food and she you know she she's you know when COVID hit New Zealand. You know, I knew if there was one place you wanted to be, you want to be at my mother's house because she's got enough food in her house without even going to the supermarket to last her a good six months to a year, just because she's been through that already, so she knew. So I think on practical levels, we'll be a little bit more aware that things can change on a dime like that. I hope that we will be more thoughtful about the way that we are in the world. And I think some things will naturally shift and change, but i also think that we forget things pretty quickly and there will be a time that will come when we get out of this crisis where we will literally have forgotten a lot of what we've learned over this time which is why i think it's really important to take half an hour or 15 minutes and and keep track of it like every few weeks like what is it that i'm learning how am i growing in this time from this place what would i tell my future self that i want to remember and even like write a letter to your future self, you know, saying, "Hey, these are the things that I'm learning. Don't forget them once everything takes your attention again."
0: So yeah, I love that idea. Like we we did some of that practice in Stegan, right? Around writing letters to ourselves, and it was funny when I reread them. I was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe those things!" I, like I, like like I wasn't listening to myself right at all. Yeah, sure. But but it's um. I think it's, there's, it's interesting to think that, you know, what is that is a great question. What's the letter you'd write to yourself now? And I think that's a great, that's a great practice to, to kind of appreciate the learnings because to your point, and this is maybe just a survival mechanism, we do forget quickly trauma and crisis and pain because we're wired to do that so we can just move on, right? Or at least move on, maybe not as healthy as we can be, but to move on just to, for the sake of survival, right? Um, and so, when you look at your business, right, and you're doing, you know, I understand your business fairly well. But if you, if you wouldn't mind, can you kind of give our audience some some description of exactly what your business is? How you, you know, we've talked about you being a teacher and teaching mindfulness, but you know, it's it's more than you just having like some class that you're teaching, right? So, if you don't mind, just kind of tell the audience what exactly your business is and what are you doing and how it's being affected by all of this.
1: Yeah, sure. So basically, I what I do is I teach people how to transform their lives by learning to work with the habitual behaviors of their mind. So really the theory is, is that we think we're kind of in control of our lives. We're present, but we're not. We're really running on habitual patterns. And if we can shift those habitual patterns, we can shift our lives rather than relying on you know, happiness and suffering, believing that they come from external circumstances. Once we start to learn that they actually come from our mind, and we start to train and tame our mind, then we can transform our lives. So that's what I teach. Uh, my program, that, the, the Ten Minute Mind, is used by thousands and thousands of people all over the world and by, uh, you know, o- over 70 universities and colleges worldwide also make it available for their staff and students. Uh, The other program that I have is called the Happiness Baseline, which is an eight-week online course uh, teaching you how to raise your happiness levels to really understand that they're not, even though they appear solid, most people stay at a particular baseline for most of their lives, that they're not, that you can raise them. And this has come from my own personal experience of having a, a pretty rough childhood and a pretty messy time in my in my teens, you know, to the point where I tried to take my own life at 19 years old from a deep, deep, deep depression and then going on and, and making it my personal mission to study what was the difference between people who were happy and what was the difference between people who suffered and how could I move from someone who suffered, was suffering so much across to someone now who's, you know, really like solidly happy every day if not almost every day of my life very very positive and and so that's what i teach and we have some um you know some other courses that i'm teaching uh, at the moment to help support with covid we have a podcast i'm podcasting daily but yeah that's that's my main thing to really teach people that they're way more powerful way more in control of their reality than they perhaps realize
0: so I, so I, that's, I love that. And I, thank you for sharing that. Um, I have a question for you, which is a selfish question. It's a very selfish question. Um, so you like, as you know, I'm writing, I just wrote a book and it's being published in five weeks from tomorrow. Um, and it's all about core values. So I, I'm kind of, you know, for my own reasons, which are not exactly like yours, but there's my stories, you know, most, I think most of these dramatic like, I don't want to say um, obsessions because maybe that's not the right word, but this thing where you get like super hyper-focused on some, like, let's say yours is around mindfulness and happiness and how do you live a happy life? Like, I think mine actually stems from that too, is mine was how do I create impact and do it in a way that feels very fulfilled, right? That I do it from a place that feels authentic and from a very, like, but my cup has to be full while I'm doing it. And core values is where I landed on that, where it's leveraging this, this the, the the asset of core values in in my business and then as I, the more I did in my business I was like why am I doing this in my personal life like this is insane that like it's it because I was totally out of balance in my personal life and I was like well that's not bringing me fulfillment and then it ended up creeping into my personal life and now I'm just like if you're not doing this you're like you're fucked you know like you're not doing like i know why you're screwed up you, you i can tell you you're not you're not being who you're supposed to be in the way you're supposed to be right so my yeah. question for you around mindfulness and around these ideas around happiness how do you see core values playing in that like or did you, yeah. you incorporate that into your work or is that like tell me about that
1: to me core values are really important as uh really to create a lighthouse for yourself so i always say you know like we can look at all the things that we want to create in our life and we can say well i want to create this or create that or manifest this manifest that but you and i both know that when you die none of that matters what matters the impact that we have is how we are with people who we are in the world so it's really important for us to look at this aspect when we're doing our work you know you might go i want to be really successful in my business and i want to meet the person of my dreams and i want to have a beautiful home and all that but to me what's most important for me personally is what is it that i'm bringing into the world and i think that the core value work that you're doing is so powerful darius because it helps to align us to where it is that we're wanting to go on a level that's a, maybe a little bit less tangible. So I always describe it like if I'm in Los Angeles and I want to get to New York, it's really important for me to one, have a map and to know what New York looks like for when I get there. If I don't have either of those two things, the chances of me stumbling on New York are pretty low. And even if I stumble on it, what I may find is when I get there, I don't recognize it. And I think it's really powerful to have a starting place and to have this uh, idea of if I was in the most perfect um, kind of expression of myself, what would that be? What would that look like? And to really do that work and play it out is really important and really vital. Something I do more with my private clients, actually when I'm doing private coaching. But I think that the work that you're teaching in your book, even though you haven't sent me my copy of it yet, and other people, I, other people like know have it, just a little flag there, Daria. um, But now it's all good. But but I know how important this work is at, to really create that lighthouse of this is, this is where I'm going. This is where I want to go. Because otherwise, you don't have that container to actually achieve it, and I and I really believe that you can achieve so much if you have that vision about those qualities about yourself. And for me, they're really, really important.
0: Yeah, no, you're preaching to the choir. By the way, um, the the fact that you haven't got your book is going to be similar to the beginning of the show where I surprise you. <laughs>
1: Excellent. Uh, I, those, I really hated it the other week when people were throwing their oh, I've got Darius's book around, and I was like, "Damn, I'm like, not oh, obviously not as loved by Darius as no, no, I." Was. <laughs> no, no,
0: no, no. You know, if we weren't so close to book launch, then it wouldn't. It, it's because I'm, it, t- I i can not tell you. It's a surprise. I'm, l- you, I'm actually looking at the surprise right now. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, and I told my team, I'm like. They're like, when do you want these books to go? And I'm like, oh, we got to wait off. We got to hold up because of the surprise. So you'll see so when that surprise comes, when you're promoting <laughs> it, the people that got just the book will be like, I wish I was Monique.
1: <laughs> Damn, now I'm really excited.
0: <laughs> I, I'm going to make your day, trust me.
1: Oh, right. I, I know you will.
0: <laughs> we have a question uh, from the crowd. Uh, any advice for someone who's looking to make a shift but may not know which habit to start with? Is there a place people should start?
1: Yes. Without a question. Great question. Yes. The first place to start the, the, the one thing that underlies it all is working with the mind. I have to say to you, start a meditation practice, find something that works, come and join the 10 minute mind. You can try it for 10 days for free. Then it's only $9 a month. Come and join it. Come and try it out. See if I'm the person that teaches you. I am, there's no woo woo about me. I'm like, I'm gonna teach you true Kiwi style. Imagine, imagine that I'm a farmer and I'm teaching you how to meditate. It's a little bit like that. So it's really like, I love teaching people who have never meditated before because I know how much I struggled to find a path for myself to learn meditation. And I know it's a discipline, but in 10 minutes a day, I try to make it as easy as possible for you. And I have so many people who never dreamed they could meditate. And I teach them how to do it because I'm yeah. There's no there's no bindi, there's no you know there's no headdress or anything. I'm a motorbike riding rebel who swears that meditation is superpower. And if I and and that's why it's so important because that's your foundation. From a foundation of a meditation practice, you then are able to start to shift and change your habits. But it's harder to change your habits without that practice because habits are based on the mind. And if you can learn to work with your mind first, then you can start changing the other habits.
0: Do you, you want to know what my biggest takeaway from doing meditation has been?
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I do. I don't know what it is. What, what is um, it?
0: So it, it's giving me some space, right? Where when... So first of all, I'm fully convinced that I have like multiple personalities or like, you know, voices in my head, right? <laughs> like not not now where there's like different. I mean, there is Marius and Scarius and Darius, but those guys come out when I drink too much. Um, which the, Marius is fun. Like you, you. I don't think you met him. He's he's a good time. Um, Scarius, not. Uh, he, I'll put him in the closet. Um, but anyway, um, what I found is that, and I started meditation practice about a year and a half ago. Like pretty consistently. Like I I try to meditate every day, and that, that usually happens. Um, but, um, I found that I, I'm really, I'm, I'm a nihilist. I'm fucking mean to myself. I lie to myself and I come down on myself super hard all the time. Right. And I found that through my meditation practice that I actually have identified that I do this and that there's like Mm. a space. There's like this, like this, like the gap, just a gap, right? Like where I'm like, yeah, like, like uh, like it happened before our call today, by the way, I had this really like kind of shitty moment that happened. You know, can I tell you about it? Please. It's a perfect example of this. So I got asked to do this talk for the Mortgage Bankers Association on my book. And they're like, oh yeah, we have like hundreds of people that'll show up. Dude, like six people show up, right? Yeah. And I'm sitting there talking on, first of all, they're they're, they're on Zoom, not on Zoom, they're on Adobe Connect, which is like being on freaking Webex. And (laughs) the technology is crashing. Like mid talk, they didn't. I had to be on my phone. It was it was a clusterfuck, and and then I get six people who literally don't ask any questions, and it's an hour long talk, and then I got a bunch of like mediocre reviews on the talk, and and I was like, literally left the talk, and I'm like, oh my gosh, my book's gonna be a failure.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Okay. So you go so you go from here to there like instantly based on six people you've never met before.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six people who are probably not even the right people to have been in on that thing. It was just a yeah. total. It was just a total waste of my time, and I started like doubting myself hard. I'm like, wow, I need to change my talk. And I'm like, and now, mind you, let me rewind. Two and a half weeks ago, I did the exact same talk for a hundred people in Australia over Zoom, and I have five pages of Zoom comments of them like literally like exalting my name as God, right? Yeah and it was a polar opposite reaction and i was like oh i'm on to something i this is this is my book's gonna be so successful so i had the opposite reaction right but i i got done i was like dude this ruined my day i was pissed i was like why did i even do that i'm like and i was mad and then i was beating myself up oh you're you gotta go hire someone to help you build your talk, and make sure your your talking right. presentations better and You know, what are you really trying to do? And I started imagining all this crazy shit, like me doing talks in front of people and the crowd not being interested. I mean, I literally went down the rabbit hole of failure,
1: right? I so know it. I know where you went.
0: And then I had the second moment where I was like, you know, I wonder how many, I wonder, and I had this vision. You're going to love this because you're, because of your background as a musician, you will love what I'm about to say. I said, you know, I bet you the Beatles were at some shitty bar where no one clapped at the end of their fucking performance once. And they, and they did not quit.
1: <laughs> exactly. But Darius, I think that there's a really important insight in there that you've missed as well. And that is that you need to move to Australia.
0: Obviously, oh, I, I it's your I, calling. You know, what's funny <laughs> is I do actually, I've been I've been kind of having that feeling because I keep getting like a lot of the Australians dig my vibe, right? I love it. I, so, and my wife's family. It could be your place. You know, like. You know, maybe. But I've been thinking that. I'm like, am I supposed to move to Australia? Because they really like
1: my stuff. Um. Could be. There's worse places in the world to be. Yeah, I wonder where. <laughs> uh, who knows? I'll leave that up to your imagination. <laughs> Let me think about that for a second. But I think I'll- that your point is really interesting, though, Darius, because I think there's two things in there. The first one is is that our mind so easily latches onto the negative. So you've had, this, you've had this amazing experience with all of these Oka Aussies who are in love with you. And you're like, yes. And when the difficult experience happens with these six people, your mind doesn't revert back to that. It just goes down that negative place. So that's the first thing is to remember that our minds have such a propensity and habitual behavior of going into the dark place much more easily than the positive place. So that's the first thing but the second thing that is important to remember is it's all just stories all of it you know it's really whatever interpretation that we decide we're going to take from it so you can sit there and and go wow all these people loved me and oh my god these six people didn't like me why did no one come is it my talk but it's all just a story and on a practical level what you can do is you know, really, you know, do practical things like surveying, find out what people resonated with, what they did not maybe massage some of your talk a little bit more for your American audience. Maybe it's not working as well, but just to really understand as you, as you already have that's just a story, like both of them are just stories. You know, my teacher would always say it's like to have equanimity is so important that you would, that you would be gifted the keys to the city of Paris. And then the following day they would be taken away from you and to be to have equanimity in both of those situations the only thing that happens is we get attached to our stories around it so whatever the stories that we're telling ourselves about it both of them are fantasies so you know and that's where meditation teaches you like i always describe it like this One of the things about meditation is people think that they shouldn't have thoughts, but our thoughts are just as normal as the waves in the ocean. They're just as normal. So if we see our thoughts like the waves in the ocean, what we wanna become is the surfer. We don't wanna get overwhelmed by them. We wanna become the surfer of those thoughts and emotions. And the important thing to remember is our thoughts and emotions are as transient as the waves. So this elation that you felt from these people in Australia loving it and these six people not being as warm to what you were doing, in, in, in two months, you won't even be thinking about, won't even remember it. In a year, you will have forgotten most of that. But we hold these experiences is extremely solid and we reflect them as, oh my goodness, this is a reflection on who I am. Right. But it's not. God knows what happened. To those six people before they came in the environment they'd come from what was happening um you know maybe maybe it didn't resonate with them and who cares clearly what you do resonates with people so like you know so again it's the solidity the creating the story and creating solidity around it that's the problem and meditation teaches you that those thoughts and emotions are merely transient, as as transient as the clouds in the sky, and to not take it all so seriously.
0: This episode is sponsored by Element. What's up, listeners? Are you tired of sugary sports drinks that leave you feeling bloated and sluggish throughout your day? Well, look no further, because we have the solution for you, Element Electrolyte Drink Mix. Look, I have long busy days just like everybody else, and there's nothing better. Than boosting your electrolytes throughout your day, and with long work days, you know I sometimes I experience headaches, I feel fatigued, and after I'm drinking Element, it leaves me feeling more awake, more hydrated, and you know overall feeling better to continue my day and go out there and kick some ass. Element's a tasty electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't. That means lots of salt with no sugar. Element is a sugar-free, gluten-free, and paleo-friendly drink mix that replenishes your body with essential electrolytes like 1,000 milligrams of sodium. 200 milligrams of potassium and 60 milligrams of magnesium it's the perfect drink for athletes keto dieters and everyone looking to hydrate and replenish their bodies throughout the day without added sugar and artificial flavors element can prevent and eliminate headaches muscle cramps fatigue sleeplessness and other common symptoms that happen when you have electrolyte deficiency this is probably one of the reasons why element is used by everyone from you know NBA, NFL, NHL players, Olympic athletes, and Navy SEALs to everyday moms and dads. Right now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. What does that mean? That means eight single-serving packets free with any Element order. This is a great way to try all eight flavors or share Element with a salty friend. Get yours at drinkelement.com forward slash greatness machine. This deal is only available through my link. You must go to drink, D-R-I-N-K, element, L-M-N-T, dot com, forward slash, greatness machine, G-R-E-A-T-N-E-S-S, machine, M-A-C-H-I-N-E. Element offers no question asked refunds. So, try it totally risk free and if you don't like it, share it with a salty friend and, and they'll give you your money back, no questions asked. You have nothing to lose. So what are you waiting for? Head to Drink Element forward slash Greatness Machine and try out the ultimate hydration drink today. Shout out to Clarity for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. Hey there, friends. It's Darius Shazda here, and I have a little confession to make. You see, I've been battling allergies for years now, and let me tell you, they've been a real ordeal in my life. Allergies have been my constant companion. Go to claritond.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear, uses directed. Yeah, it's so funny because what the so there's two things that and you just taught me something right now, and I'll tell you, I'll feed it back to you in a second. But my my initial response was I was like, Look, dude, you're lying to yourself right now. You're telling yourself a story, right? Like none of that none of this is true. And then I then I got opinionated. I was like, Yeah, these are a bunch of mortgage people and fuck them
1: defensive
0: <laughs> defensive yeah defensive. Uh, yeah i do i'm half italian and half persian like 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 we gut people for putting us down <laughs> yeah you know like, exactly. like 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 there's a i met this italian guy once who said revenge is he said revenge is sweet in the heart of the italian and i'm like you know if someone does you wrong like you don't do them twice as the wrong back and you love every ounce of it which i don't actually feel that way but um anyway and then I was like, no, man, to your point, this is a story. None of this is true. It was just a bad talk. i probably need to be more more cognizant of who I did do the talk for. And to your point, because I didn't ask enough questions of who the audience was going to be, and it is meant for a very specific audience. And to your point was, yeah, there is some stuff I need to, to probably tighten up the talk, right? Like, the, 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 which, that's fine. But what I got from what you just said was not what I had expected, which was, the night that i had the when i crushed it in front of 100 aussies i was like i was patting myself on the back hard and i was and i was i mean look i mean like we got there's something to be said about enjoying the moment right but but not of at the course. expense of the next moment right and so which is which is what i realized i did is i did i, I did it so much so it became at the expense of the next moment and And that's where I was like, oh, huh. When I think of equanimity, I'll be honest with you, I only think, I only really thought of it from the perspective of the negative. I am from the perspective of, if you gave me the keys to the the gate of Paris or the city of Paris, I would be like, I'm the best. And if you took it, and the next day, if you took it away, I wouldn't think of equanimity then. I would think of, I'm best. And of course I deserve the key. But to your point, it has to be like, this is just a moment, it's cool, but it doesn't define who I am.
1: And also Doris, there's another point in there about what success is, because you're you're measuring your success on uh, a tangible, oh, there's all these Aussies and they thought I was great, but there's something that you don't know is that there may have been one person out of that six who took something away that you said and applied it to their life and created a shift in their life, no matter how small that was, that's success. So you don't even know that. Like, again, the story is saying, well, they didn't really appreciate it. So again, it's that question of values, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, like what, what is success for you in a talk like that? And I know for me, it's always, as long as I reach one person in a way that's meaningful, that might create, them to think twice about something or shift something then I then it's successful that's it you know
0: yeah it, it's 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 all kind of coming together for me personally I love that so thank you for that because I've been thinking a lot lately there's the I think she's the not the prime minister but she's the first minister of Scotland um you know I'm talking about no um, I, oh
1: yes I know uh Nicola an is interesting it
0: interesting name right if i google her right now we'll know if you, about. if you want to i want to google her because so she's the first minister of sturgeon
1: yeah she, that's what i thought nicholas sturgeon
0: nicholas sturgeon
1: and yeah. so i heard
0: which i i brought her up a couple of times on the show I'm, I'm in love with her like i'm like she's okay. like like she's amazing and yes. her whole thing is around this whole idea of changing the way we measure success in as a country right from a gdp perspective because and I've been hearing this, they do
1: this in Bataan, and Chip Conley wrote a book about it. That And New Zealand said, at the moment. Oh, New Zealand Zealanders 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 is? is, is yes, it's, it's, Prime it's minister happening in this. New Zealand. Yeah, she's, it, she's making policies based on the well-being of New Zealanders rather than on GDP.
0: That's amazing. We, we need every country to do this. this is, that's how you fix the world, because what's happening right now and, I, and I'll try to stay away from political talk but I just want to say this one thing is that those behaviors are being called socialism. Yes, right? We are calling changing the GDP measurement to measuring childhood literacy and happiness in children. The measurement of that is now being called socialism and I'm like those are not the same thing. Maybe there's certain processes that are similar but that that you know we are looking at the collective whole and we're looking at how they're benefiting, but let's just get something straight here: socialism is the private the, the privatization of all of, of, of taking all private assets, making it public. Right? Those aren't the same thing. So with her, it I, I, saw, I it, it, You made me think of that right now because how are you defining your success? And let's just say that if we can't even do it on an individual level, how do we expect nations to do it? Right?
1: exactly yeah and it's also that thing of I mean you're a guy you know there's that thing of li- liking it to be on mass oh yes there were all those people that loved it but there's a great story that um, my teacher always told about this the starfish story you know is the there's a beautiful story of there's a guy walking up uh, up the beach and there's all these starfish have been washed up onto the beach and He's there and he's he's throwing them into the water. And from the other direction, this woman's coming and she sees him, and she says to him, "What are you doing?" As he's throwing them in one by one, she said, "You know, you can't make a difference. There's millions of them." And he and he picked one up and showed it to her, and he said, "I can make a difference to this one." And he throws it in, and that is to me that is the measure of success. Can I can I get to the end of my life and know that I? helped one person then then my life has been successful and 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 this again is where our values come in is you know is the value based on me looking big and me looking like you know the person who's helped thousands and thousands and thousands of people but no it's about have i helped somebody have i genuinely with a good heart helped somebody and if i have then that is a successful life or a successful day or a successful week. We can never measure the, the impact that we can have on people by genuine, authentic presentness and showing up and helping someone, you know, it's, it, it's incredible. It's extraordinary.
0: Yeah, no, I'm so happy you're on my show right now. Making- <laughs> <laughs> um, guys, we have such an amazing person right now, Monique, uh, here and so if you have questions like like I don't know why you're not milking it <laughs> I'd be like question question question. So um, yeah guys we're, we have time for a couple questions. Uh, please feel free to ask them. Um, so you know it, and let's let's go to that. I mean you started this business and this you came from the music the music world, which is a pretty unforgiving, brutal business and and you traveled all over the world. You made tons of music and you did that for most of your adult life until recently isn't that isn't that true Mm -hmm. yeah that's right and so when you were doing that how did you decide to segue out of that into this this different world like what like yeah such different worlds
1: sure well i think the biggest thing was was that uh it was it was tiring you know it was a it was a pretty tiring kind of life and uh I, I wasn't going to be one of those people who was, you know, playing at a bar, getting $10 a head. I did a lot of exclusive concerts around the world for here in America and in Europe for, um, yeah, like really exclusive private gigs. And I loved that, but it was, it was kind of, it was tiring. And literally what happened was I was in, um, I was living in India. I'd done a big project in New Zealand and I, I went to India to kind of have a break, and I ended up doing uh, working with Sounds True, which many people know, and creating an album with them with a bunch of spiritual teachers from Eckhart Tolle, Pema Chodron. I wanted to create an album with chill out music behind it, behind spoken word teachings. I just, I just thought it was more palatable. And then I was approached by uh, the Dalai Lama's people to do something similar for him. And while I was doing that, I was basically staying in a little village in the south of India, riding my motorbike around India, having a great time. And these two girls came to me and they said to me, we know that you sit on that rooftop every morning, meditating, will you teach us? And I said, absolutely not. And I told them three times that I wasn't going to do it because I didn't for a moment think that I could teach them anything. But after the third time of them asking three days in a row, I started to feel a little bit guilty i'd been studying for a long time very intensively uh meditation and and so i i agreed to do it and they came up and i think i gave the worst meditation class you could anybody in the world has ever given because i didn't know what i was doing and the next day they came back at the same time with two of their friends and i was like what are you doing here and they said oh we thought you might teach us again and You know, here's here's some friends that we wanted to come as well. And before I knew it, there was like between thirty and fifty people on my rooftop every morning, and I was doing these classes. And I it was it was really fascinating because the second the second time I taught, rather than teaching them, I just actually kind of talked to them about why meditation had changed my life and why I believed in it so much. And it shifted something in me. It made me understand that I had, I did have something to offer them and I saw extraordinary changes in people. People would stay in that town. There was one Italian woman actually who was a real turning point for me. She'd stayed two weeks longer in the town and on the day that she was leaving, she came to me and she was very emotional. She was in her 60s and she cried and she said, you know, I was brought up where meditation was something that was very against my Catholic upbringing. And she said, I've stayed here two weeks longer to learn from you and you have changed my life. And I was like, huh, this is really interesting. And I saw the same with a lot of the young people. Um, It was a similar thing happening. So I just created the 10-Minute Mind initially as a 30-day program, gave it to some friends to see if if it resonated with them for 30 days and got such a massive response that I I happened to be in London, got a meeting with University College London, one of the top universities in the world. And we trialed it there and the the results were phenomenal. And suddenly it, you know, everything opened up. And now it's moved from just teaching meditation to really teaching the whole toolkit of what I did. To completely transform my life, which is what I teach in the Happiness Baseline and in my other courses. So, yeah, it 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 happened very organically and naturally, and surprisingly. If you'd said to me, you know, five years ago, this is what you would be doing, I would laugh at you. But wow. I love it. I'm so, as you can hear, totally passionate about it. And there's nothing that I love more than seeing people's life cha- lives change from. From the wisdom that I've been gifted, all I'm doing is passing it on, and yeah, it's it, it's wonderful. So I, I feel like I'm, yeah, I just feel so happy just from my work alone. When when you were that's so
0: beautiful to hear. So sorry, I, I went straight to my question. I'm such a good guy. I'm like, oh, I, I have a question. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah 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 yeah. I'm glad you're happy. Let's <laughs> talk about my. Let's talk about what I care about. Um, <laughs> no. So when you were making that transition, I mean, at that point, how long had you been a musician for?
1: Um, I started performing when I was about 20 years old. So, yeah, it'd be quite some years. So, So I made a deal with myself. Literally, I'm 19 years old and I'm in this massive crisis in my life. And I just sat and said to myself, if I could do anything I wanted, what would it be? It was almost like at 19 I had the epiphany that maybe some people have in their 40s or 50s. It was like, what is it that I want to be doing? There's no there's no room for just doing something because my family might want it or other people might expect it of me. And I, I had been writing music from a really young age and I studied classical violin for uh, like 12 years very intensively. And I loved writing music. Uh, and so I just said to myself, well, if I could have the dream job, it would be a musician. So I gave myself two years. I said, I'm going to give it two years. If the end of two years, I cannot do this. Then I will pivot to whatever it is I can do. And that, that was it. Like I did it.
0: And wow. So, uh, and obviously it worked out. And so you, you were doing it. You gave yourself the two years, you found success you built on that and it it obviously scaled and then, and then you left it though. I mean,
1: yeah, I left it, but not in a, not in a dramatic way. It was, it just felt like this was a transition and uh, you know, I've been doing quite a lot of talks and stuff and I uh, before COVID and I'm just really excited to bring the live performance singer element into my talks. I think it's going to give me a bit of an edge.
0: Yeah. No, that, that, that's, that's, that's why I sing at the beginning of my show.
1: <laughs> exactly. But I also, you know, like for me, music, I, I'll always be a musician at the end of the day. And, and of course I write all the music for my, you know, I write and produce all the music for my meditations. Okay. So you have the option when you do my classes, my meditation classes with or without music and I've composed all that music. So yeah, I don't, I don't think that it will be the, the doors closed on it. And I, I look forward when COVID's over to actually, uh, we'll be running my first retreat with uh, my students, and I'm I'm really excited about performing at that. So yeah, I I, I, I don't I, it's never going to leave me, and I'm I'm excited to do more of it. In fact, uh, yeah, no, actually, I was going to tell you something, but it was a it was a surprise, so I'm not going to tell you that. Oh no, no, yeah, I, don't, don't, don't,
0: I love surprises. You know, I mean, I exactly. It. So yeah, no, yeah. Same. Uh, we have another question. Um, should teams be doing meditation together? If so, how often? This episode is sponsored by Organifi. If you're looking for an easy and convenient way to support your health and wellness goals, then look no further than Organifi, the ultimate superfood for busy people on the go. You know, this year I'm dedicated to improving my health and my wellness. And although that might sound like an easy task for some of you, let me tell you something, it, it for sure is not for me. While well, balancing family, work, health, Getting in my need to veggie intake can be pretty difficult. That's why Organifi has helped me so much. You just drop a bright green scoop of Organifi green juice into a glass of water and stir. Then you let your body soak up the benefits. It's really that simple. If you don't have time to meal prep, juice, or get some veggies into your day, you can take a tasty green juice on the go. It incorporates farm-fresh ingredients into your diet and the extra vitamins and antioxidants that you might not be getting in your normal day. Organifi is packed with 11, 100% USDA-certified organic superfoods. These are superfoods that are rich in antioxidants, adaptogenic compounds, and micronutrients to guide you through any health or weight loss journey. It's an all-natural, organic blend of superfoods designed to give your body the essential nutrients that it needs to thrive. These are ingredients like ashwagandha, turmeric, or chlorella. Organifi supports digestion, detoxification, mental clarity, and energy levels so that you can feel your best every single day. Try Organifi for yourself to see the amazing results right now and firsthand. Whether you're looking to boost your immune system, improve your digestion, or increase your energy levels, Organifi has you covered. So what are you waiting for? Go to Organifi.com forward slash greatness and use the code GREATNESS for 20% off your order now. That's Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com slash GREATNESS, G-R-E-A-N-I-F-I. all the way the, did we hit a million-dollar order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling shipping supplies or promoting productivity programs, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Darius, all lowercase. That's D-A-R-I-U-S. Go to shopify.com slash Darius now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Darius.
1: Yeah, great question. Uh, you, You have a you have an option with that one. If you could get your team to do a daily meditation practice, like take the 10 minute mind and everyone do it together. First thing in the morning, you would have a much better result with it because people would be doing it so uh uh absolutely i think it creates a like doing meditation together is super powerful the more people there are the higher the energy and if you made that part of your culture at work it would be a very very powerful thing for you to do so um it's there's no shoulds in the world but absolutely and there'll be some people who would say well i would rather meditate on my own but if it's at all possible if you're so inclined to do it with your team absolutely without a doubt what, what was the second part of the question
0: um how often should they do it daily yeah yeah that makes sense to me 10 10 in 10 minutes i mean so i do have a question on that though because this is something i started toying with before i decided to, to step away as ceo of my company which was I want to start every meeting with meditation, my, with my executive team, but I thought I'd kind of get pushback from the people that are non-believers. Now, I will tell you that I moderate a bunch of CEO forums where it's like me and like eight crazy, hardcore, a type personality CEOs, a lot of them running like crazy big businesses. And I just said, fuck it. And I was like, we're starting every single meeting with a recentering and, we're, and I just make them do a recentering for three minutes and i know i notice that there's a difference every time they all they all appreciate it so maybe do you think starting less than 10 minutes to get people kind of warmed up is, is i
1: think that i think there's a difference between recentering which is bringing you back to your center and meditation and i think that okay. if you're doing a meditation practice then recentering becomes much easier because you naturally kick into it so if you've got a team that doesn't have a meditation practice then I would much more suggest you do a meditation practice. 10 minutes is great, it's effective, it's absolutely been proved to be effective. And I'm a real believer, and you're better to do a shorter practice regularly than a long practice that you do once every week or once a month. It's 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 way better. Because what happens is like I, I will I will challenge anybody to do 30 days of the 10 minute mind and not either one have people comment that they see a change in them. Or see a change in themselves. It it works. So that consistency is uh I mean that's that's the ideal, but it's the same with anything. You know, like I've been, you know, uh since COVID really upped my weight training and you know, my I'm so I'm probably in the best physical shape I've been in for a long time, literally because I'm consistent. It's the same thing. Your mind is a muscle, you know. We have this whole thing where we, you know, we have this whole thing where we, particularly here in LA, we're all about, you know, what we put in our body and, you know, we like to have a, everything beautiful in our homes and we like to have clean clothes and all of that. But, you know, we just throw so much junk into our minds, that one place that is actually the deciding factor of our happiness or our suffering. We just, we we inundate it with so much rubbish and we never clean it out. So it's really important that we take care of our mind in the absolute same way we would take care of our body.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I it, it feel like it starts there, right? And and then you're, you're hitting the nail on the head. And I, I mean, I I haven't done your course. I'm going to do your course. That's, that's, I'm so excited for that. Cause I, I've been doing, I I'll did the Oh yeah. No, thanks. Can you hook me up? Yeah. <laughs> you know, somebody who knows somebody who can get me in. Um, Maybe I do. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I did, uh, what got me into it. I, I used to say, uh, I don't know if I told you this. I used to say there's two things in life. I hate hiking and meditation. And, and oh. I, I still hate hiking. I think, but I'm toying with the idea of trying to do, there's this thing about, about hiking 14,000 foot peaks. They call them a 14 er I guess I've heard about this. Um, and so I'm toying with that. idea, which that's fucking, that's straight up. That's going on a hike. Um, but I started doing the waking up course, the Sam Harris course, and that one resonated with me. Like I tried Calm and Headspace and all that stuff, and I, I didn't like those ones. You
1: absolutely have to find the place. And it's a little bit like that. It's like Darius, I don't know where you've been going hiking, but as soon as COVID's over, go to New Zealand, go hiking there, and tell me that you don't love hiking. Because <laughs> if you are in the most magical, beautiful Lord of the Rings type environment. I would struggle to think that all of a sudden hiking didn't take on a whole different story in your head.
0: I, I, I think I got to pick the right environment to your point. Cause I, I did a bunch of hiking in like Malibu Canyon. And I didn't like that.
1: No. Cause it's like Hills. And- it's Malibu Canyon with no, you want to be, you want to be in the forest with birds and beautiful scenery. And you know, I, I mean, I struggle here. Hiking here is like meh because it, it's not, it's not, but go to New Zealand, like, I'm going to go home at Christmas time, I just can't wait to just go hiking with the trees and the birds all flying around you. And you come into an opening, there's a beautiful lake and beautiful mountains. And yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the same thing, like, your environment is really, is really important. So yeah, go, go hiking, you'll find, you'll find Australia is a little bit similar Malibu, when you go and live in Australia, you won't enjoy hiking there as much either. No, so you still, have to jump on a plane and head to New Zealand.
0: I'm going to go big. I'm just going to start in New Zealand so that I can enjoy it and then find more, the way. Like, places like Colorado or something or like T- Tahoe or the Redwoods, you know. Yeah. I never thought about it until you, until you just said it, that you just got to pick the right environment that's visually exactly. stimulating. I never, I never thought of it like that. God, you're teaching me so much today. Um,
1: and also an environment that's safe, you know. Like here, you've got to be careful of bears and – all sorts of things. And when New Zealand broke away from Australia, uh, basically they got all of the most scary things that you could dream up and we got nothing. Okay. All right. We got nothing. Safety and fact, water <laughs> exactly. We, we just got birds. And when the first settlers arrived in New Zealand, like there, there's no, there's, we only have a native lizard. Everything else is birds. So when you go into it doesn't mean that of course everything else has since been introduced, but we don't have snakes, bears, wolves. Like you can go hiking in, in New Zealand and the beautiful scenery of New Zealand. And you're not looking over your shoulder thinking, Do I have my friggin' bear blasting thing that you have to have here? And, you know, all that stuff. Is there a snake on the ground? None of it. I shouldn't say it too much because I know all you Americans are trying to get to New Zealand at the moment. So I should, I better, I better play it down. Keep it it secretive.
0: We're all going to move to New Zealand. Um, my gosh, we're, we're, um, we're running behind here. Uh, so last question from me. Um, have you ever considered what would be your last meal on earth?
1: I haven't, I haven't.
0: Would Would you be able to answer it if I asked you the question?
1: What was my last meal on earth? Gosh, no one's ever asked me that. Uh, definitely a really nice uh, glass of um, California red. Okay. Without a doubt. Like a r- nice thick one like Refugio or something like that, one of my favorite wines. Okay. And I think that I would want to have a, a – oh absolutely the best indian meal that someone could make me i really love indian food particularly south indian food and i love all of the flavors gosh they're just incredible south indian to sri lanka down there you know you sit down and you'll get a plate and there'll be rice and then there'll be these little dishes that you'll put in there with just the most extraordinary flavors so i I think, I think that's what I would like, which is the way that I love Darius. I'm always looking for the extraordinary flavors in life. So I
0: think I like, that would
1: be the perfect way to go out.
0: I think we have that in common. Um, well, I'm so grateful to have you on the show. Thank you so much. I'm
1: so happy to spend time with you, Darius.
0: Um, where can people find you?
1: Yeah, the, the 10minutemind.com, one zero, the 10minutemind.com and the Happiness Baseline Uh, other other two places you can come and find me and also we have the 10 minute mind podcast I'm podcasting daily so you know it's a it's a short 10 to 20 minute podcast every day people love it we get lots of people listening to it so obviously there's some there's there's something in there that's delicious enough to keep them coming back
0: yeah no we got to check that out guys uh, so so grateful to have Monique on the show, I'm so happy to have you as my friend and to be able to share this time with you. Likewise, Darius. Uh, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, follow us on um, Facebook at The Real Darius M. Um, if you wanna share this, like, there's a lot of amazing jewels here for you to share with friends who are considering a meditation practice or wanna get some help during the, this COVID times. I, I really do believe that, that Monique's doing some incredible work with that. So please check her stuff out, share this with friends. Start a watch party. Invite your friends to check it out. Um, also, if you want to, uh, we have tons of great shows this week. I mean, we have. Do you know who Don DePani is? Are you familiar with him, Monique? No. He's this really like semi-famous, if not famous, uh, Hindi monk, ex-Hindi monk that teaches. Um, he teaches basically how to be focused, and so he's going to be on the show this week. We oh, have- I'm
1: gonna make, I'm gonna make a note to watch that.
0: He's he's yeah, I think you really like him. Um, we have my my best friend from high school who's an elementary school teacher. And he's like a total comedian. And he does Michael Jackson impersonations we will be having him. Um, <laughs> well, and I wanted him on to talk about kids going back to school. So we'll be we'll be having that. But we have a bunch of more people coming on that are going to be amazing. So please join us go to at www.therealdarius.com sign up for all the social stuff. And guys, thank you so much. I'm grateful to have you as an audience and looking appreciate you. I love you. Peace. We're out of here. See you guys on the next one. Uh
2: This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit.